0: May be seated. What a joy it is to be a cornerstone. My eyes have seen what my ears have heard, and I give honor to your pastor, first lady, this pastoral family, the leadership team, and uh, obviously, this is a uh, a culture of honor that's in the house. And with that comes an excellence. And it's evident. I go a lot of places. It's not always evident. Like it is here. See, when there's honor, there's an exchange of life. Honor thy father and thy mother. Paul said that your days may be long on the earth and it be well with thee. And I sense respect here. And that's at a premium these days. Just good old-fashioned respect. But I believe honor Above respect. Respect is earned, but honor is a gift you give from your heart. I want to help somebody here. You may have had parents that were abusive, you may have had a mom or dad that dropped the, the ball. Yet the book says honor them. How can I do that? You see, honor is a gift. You just give it. You just give it. And it become flattery, which is just counterfeit honor. Just trying to get something for yourself. No, honor just gives. I sense in this house the culture of honor so strong that people who are first-time guests, you've never met them, you don't know their past, you know very little about them. But in a culture of honor, you don't stumble over what they may not be, but you honor them for what they are and what they can become. That's honor. honor. just giving you my observation. Hmm. The book says to honor all men. (laughs) Thank you for that resounding response. Too prophetic, too early here, but Cornerstone, you're well on your way to being a mirror of what heaven is. Every tongue, every nation, every kindred, every This is like heaven to me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, there's, there's probably, I guess you could say, a, a little bit of a pecking order in heaven. But after this, the dust settles and the smoke clears... Everyone, everyone is honored. Somebody said, and I don't want to, however your pastor teaches this, he's right. But I know folks that get all hung up on how many stars in their crown, how many crowns, and because there's several in the New Testament. Bottom line is, we're going to take our crowns, <laughs> and we're going to get cast them before the throne because when he's honored like I'm sensing in this house it just elevates every other avenue to honor I I, uh, you didn't go into the details Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday, but I got the picture, because I was right there with you, maybe not geographically, <laughs> but we were on the same playing field, and everything that could keep me from being here happened, and I'll not go into all that, Uh, (laughs) I'll just say with your pastor, thank God it's Sunday, (laughs) and uh, I want to invite you to have an encounter today with him. And if you'll take his invitation, I don't care how you came in here. You're gonna leave different. You're gonna leave better. You're gonna leave more blessed. So let me just talk about him for a moment. Oh, the room! I got to tell you about the room. Awesome. The basket. Wow! I don't. Even, my sweet wife's not with me. Normally, I have to compete with her over the basket. These folks are first class. You are unbelievably blessed with the leadership you have in this church. And you're just unbelievably blessed. That's that's just the way it is. Luke 17 and 11. We'll read just a few verses. I'm anticipating a miracle in this house. Now let me just say one more thing. Miracles are easy. Because we don't do them. He does them, And if you will, in faith, obey him the next few minutes. He wants to blow your mind. Some of you are already bumping up against the impossible just through your worship. Some of you are are already into the impossible just because of worship. Some of you have come and you're still more impressed with your impossibility than his ability. And I'm praying. I'll add my little thin layer here. What all has been said and declared already? There's been enough word declared through song and through this pulpit for there to be a demonstration right now of the miraculous. Hallelujah. Oh, that's okay. Go ahead and step into the impossible. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't have to do my one, two, three message here. But I have to acquiesce to the miracle worker and allow him to do his thing today. Luke 17 and 11, and it came to pass as he went, this is Jesus, to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. They were separated from the community, but close enough to the village to where they could be taken care of because they were very much dependent on others. And the book says they lifted up their voices, however weak they were, because of the ravaging effects of leprosy, and said, Jesus, oh, you want to know how to get from the impossible (laughs) into the possible Just calling that name is a good way to start. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, and he said unto them, and he said unto them, go show yourself unto the priest. It came to pass that as they went, it came to pass as they went they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a unaffected by leprosy voice, with a loud voice, glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was, one of the other writers said, a, a stranger, but here he's, he's identified as a Samaritan, and Jesus answering said, where there are not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? They are not found that return to give glory. God save this, here we go, stranger. And he said unto him, arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. He went from cleansing to wholeness. He went from healing to wholeness. But I want to lift from verse number 14 And when he saw them he said unto them go show yourselves unto the priest and it came to pass that as they went they were cleansed I didn't intend to preach it but I knew this was the word that God gave me to come here he said the miracle is in the going you just go I'll do the miracles. You do your part and God's saying, I'll do mine. You don't have to do God's part. I want to pray right now. God, release all the self-imposed burdens from off of the shoulders of your people. All the junk that's tried to attach itself and all the distractions and Oh, 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 the heaviness that's got them still impressed on, by the problem. And I pray, God, the next little while that they'll start getting impressed with you and your presence and your word. And we'll give you praise. I take authority over everything that would try to hinder that's contrary to the cross in the name of Jesus. (laughs) And may the Word of God have free course. May it be declared, and we are looking to you to demonstrate it with signs following. We give you praise. Let's clap our hands. Jesus, Master, we acquiesce. We yield. We surrender to your plan, to your purpose, to whatever you want to do, however you want to do it. Whatever it takes, God, we're willing. We'll do what you want us to do. God bless you. You can be seated. The miracle is in the going. I don't know that they knew that. They didn't have the luxury to have a text read about what had already happened. And as far as I know, up until the time of Jesus, what was it, Miriam, Moses' sister, and Naaman were the only two lepers that were delivered and cleansed and made clean. And then Jesus comes on the scene. And I love, I believe it's Mark, when he encounters a leper. You just never know how Jesus wants to do it. With these men, he said, go show yourself to the priest. But with that first leper, the Bible says, (laughs) he reached out and touched him. That was a no-no. You didn't dare do that. Not only because of the law, but because of the contagiousness. You just didn't do that. Oh, everybody else, yeah, might have been made unclean by the uncleanness of the leprosy, but not Jesus. He's so holy. He makes the unclean clean. The unclean can touch him. He can touch them and The unclean become clean. And he remains holy. Honey, he's not afraid to touch you today. He's not afraid to touch your circumstance. He's not afraid to touch your problem, your burden. He can touch it. question of today, can he? No, the question is how. He is a healer. He is a savior. He is a Holy Ghost baptizer. He is a forgiver of all sin. The question is how. <laughs> For me, as a 17-year-old senior in high school in a whole mission's work, barely a year old. I doubt if even half of this section could fit in there. They had as many as 60, though, in that living room. Mom and Dad had been away from God for 18 years. There was no apostolic voice in our town. And because of work, Dad stayed. And after years and years of prayer, God sent an apostolic voice to our city. Thank you for your vision, sir. Thank you for coming to Spokane. Thank you for still sending others out. Your willingness (laughs) to hear the voice and the call of God. It was within walking distance of our house a, s- a town of over a hundred thousand. Then a man came and opened his his home and his heart and Mom and dad prayed back through several of my aunt's uncles prayed back through, and a church was birthed from backsliders and Yours truly became the first convert oh. I was astounded by the beautiful singing of the choir and the musicianship that I heard and saw, most of all the anointing, most of all the anointing. But there was no choir that morning. There was no, I don't even remember if there was a title. I'm sure there was a text. I don't remember any of that. I do remember the song, There's Room at the Cross for You. Daddy... He's 91, still kicking, just quite not so high. and He's never done it before, never done it since, Pastor. He walked over to me, put his hand on my shoulder. He's about 5'7", 140 pounds, soaking wet. I was towering over my dear dad, and he looked up and he said, Son, don't you think it's time to repent? And we both went to the altar. I'm not, he's never done that since. I've never seen him do it with another human being. But there was a word that was given somewhere and he operated in that word. He didn't know my response. He didn't know what the rest of the story was going to be because that was up to me. But he just did what the Lord put in his heart. And as he was going, as he was, let's go to the altar. And as he was going, I felt the forgiveness, the blood of Jesus wash me. I had my first encounter with the Lord Jesus. It was life-changing for me. I think sometimes we, we run past repentance kind of quick. I'm going to tell you, honey, it was a game changer for this boy. My God, there was a, an exchange that took place. I gave him my sins. I gave him my burdens. I gave him my guilt. I gave him my shame. And look what he gave back. In return, his forgiveness, his love, his hope, his promise, his his the lightness. Oh yeah, we have our moments, but his yoke is still easy. And his burden is still light. Let me help somebody here. There's a thin line between a burden from God and depression. And I've crossed the line many times and didn't realize it. I want to tell you what works for me. Anytime you cross the line over in depression, you distance yourself. Not only from the burden that God imposed and planned for you, but from his joy that sustains you while you're carrying what he wants you to carry. Because that's where your strength comes to carry it to start with. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I challenge you, move out of depression, move out of fear, and get back under the cross that he's designed for you. And there will always be joy at your fingertips. Oh, somebody rejoice in the Lord right now. Say hey. Mom had told me the story, nine years old, living in East Tennessee, and she had had lower abdominal pain for, for days, it had gone into several weeks, and finally, when she went into a coma, they took her to the hospital. They opened her up. I don't want to gross anybody out, but this is my heritage. This is part of my testimony. (laughs) And all of you have your own history with him. And if you don't, you can start having a history with him today (laughs) and change the direction of generations to come. They opened her up, and this is how the doctor described it. He said, we, we dipped out the, the poison by the cupfuls. Sewed her back up, 50-50 chance. Don't know if she's going to make it or not. It's too much poison has got into her system. And there was an uncle. He was the first one to embrace this Acts 238 truth. Back in, the, that would have been 1939 first apostolic on mama's family tree to actually embrace acts 238 and the amazing part of the story pastor is he he went downtown and bought a used pocket new testament and read his way in to acts chapter 2 verse 38 and saw it and got it and found a preacher that would baptize him in the name that's above every other name. Aren't you glad you know the name of the Father? You know the name of the Son? You know the name of the Holy Ghost? You say, Jesus, you said it all. He hadn't had the Holy Ghost very long. And some would say he wasn't qualified. But I've got the mic. (laughs) He heard his little niece was nigh unto death and got permission to go into the hospital. As far as I know, he was with no ministerial group. He just had a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost. And fire. And the same book of Acts that said to repent and be baptized in his name, be filled with the Holy Ghost, that same book was filled with signs and wonders and healings and miracles. Back in those days, they had the, the plastic tent they would put you in. And he got permission, and he got all garbed up, put the gloves on, and he opened up a little section there where he could reach in and put his hand on mama's head in the name of Jesus Christ. Be thou healed. I'm glad miracles are easy because we don't do them, but sometimes he wants us to lay our hands. Sometimes he wants to speak. The name. Sometimes, sometimes he just wants us to pray in the Holy Ghost. Sometimes he wants us to just preach his power. The rest is history. I wouldn't be here. God immediately brought her out of that coma. And Mama's 91. She's kicking a little higher than Daddy. I was in a service just recently in, in uh, Beckley, West Virginia. And I knew God had done some incredible things because there was no laying on of hands. That wasn't what God had directed. And I waited. Their AC was out that night, and it was sopping wet. I was squishing sweat in my shoes. And I found a register that was blowing cold air, and I just waited. Normally I'd go change. But I knew, I knew God had done something. A little bit of young man went up to pastor, and he started doing one of these deals like this. And he's just grinning from ear to ear, pastor. And in a little bit, he, uh, pastor turns around, and I, I could read his lips. He said, go tell him. About a week earlier, he had been pulling the transmission from a car up underneath the car. And, and instead of him pulling the trans, well, he did. He pulled the transmission, but the transmission pulled everything out of socket up here. And he went to the doctor, and the doctor told him, you're going to have to have i I'll have to put you under. This is bad. He thought, no, Sunday's coming. Sunday's coming. I didn't know. What that young man needed that was sitting over in this part of of the sanctuary. But God, he knows everything. Don't you be impressed with whatever kind of voice is trying to distract you. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. But he's real selective with his manifestation. He shows up when people start walking in obedience and expressing their faith in what he has said. So there's times Psalm said he sent his word and healed them. Glory to God. Would you lift your hands if you can right now? Lift your voices. Would you just acquiesce? Would you just just tell him, I'm willing to obey. I, I, I'm willing, if it's to walk across town, if it's to find a village of priests to inspect me, if, if it's to try to get my certification for being cleansed, if it's having to be shut up for seven days and then going back, I'm willing to do Whatever is inside of your word. I'll do it, Lord. I'll do it. I'll do it. Mm. I'm telling you, the voice of God is the safest place in the universe. It's when we get outside of that voice, we start suffering the consequences and paying a price that we were not intended to pay. I don't know how this fits other than maybe your building situation, sir. We had the luxury of being just outside of the city limits. So we could get it dried in and then pay as we go or not go. And the money would come in and we would spend it. Building programs are a black hole. It just works that way. And we had put our drop ceiling tile in every room except a sanctuary. And I had them to figure what it would take and how much it would cost. For us it was $5,000. We had all of our grid in. We had all of our AC duct. We had all of our wiring. All we needed was a ceiling tile. So I got on the phone to pull the trigger and call. And the voice of God whispered, not now. And so I informed the Lord. Anybody ever bring God up to speed and just You know, have you read the newspaper lately, Lord? I mean, uh, if we don't spend it on this, it's going to be gone in a few days. He said, wait. Mm. Okay. (laughs) I'd like to tell you I was real spiritual and just understood it all. Can I, I want to help somebody here. Most of the places God wants to take you, your head won't fit, but your heart will. Stop leaning on your own understanding and trust the Lord with all your heart. That's a whole lot easier to preach. <laughs> okay, God. I don't think I was kicking and screaming, but I was a little miffed. It's about two weeks later. We had a work day. There was about twenty, twenty-five men. It was hot, and we were what we called pulling wire. The main. Lines from the power source, and uh, I forget what ought wire. I was told later it was an overkill, that we had larger wire than the mobile home manufacturer had south of town, but the reason we had overkills is because it was given to us. If it's free, folks, that's better than high price. We had our strongest boys, and they was, they was working it, but it was working them. And we're all just, I was trying to find a shade. I'll, I'll just tell you the truth with my hand up here. And about that time, I heard a voice. What you all doing? Welcome to Mississippi. What you all doing? Never seen this guy before or since. About 150 pounds. sinewy just wiry. I said, well, we're trying to pull some wire here. He said, well, let me help you here. And he pushed them guys aside and got in there and went to twist in and turn and it was done. Never broke a sweat. His credibility, he's still a stranger, but his credibility ratings just soared. <laughs> well, he knows how to put wire through a pipe. Then he says, I'm here to talk to someone about ceiling tile. Who do, who do I talk to? And all eyes, I don't know this guy from anywhere. I've never met him. We're small town USA, but it's still big enough. To, I've never laid eyes on this guy. And I said, well, I didn't want to have our conversation in front of the men. I said, well, come on in here. We went into the sanctuary. I said, what you got? He said, ceiling tile. Well, is it new? Is it used? What are we talking about? It's still in the box. It's got the plastic on it. I said, well, what, what kind is it? USG. Huh. USG, uh, that's what we've been putting up. Okay. What color is it? You know, what's the texture? Let me see what you already got up, preacher. And he got a ladder and went into one of the adjoining rooms and Preacher, you're not going to believe this, but I, this is the identical ceiling towel you've been putting up throughout this whole sanctuary. And what he didn't know, that ceiling towel was better than half price. <laughs> it had been given to us. We got that out of Jackson, Mississippi. I said, well, how much do you have? He said, I don't know that I've got enough for all this. Where is it, Bovina Baptist Church, Is the next exit down on I-20 on your way to Jackson? Can we come get it? You can come get it. I'm telling you, we shut our work day down. We hitched up trailers. We got in pickup trucks. I had four young preachers in the back and we're going down to Interstate 20 and you could it, there was a holy hush. You could hear a pin drop, and I'll never forget it as long as I live. One of the young men said, I guess this is what David had in mind when he said, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain who build it. Oh, would to God we let Jesus build his church. Oh, would to God that we'd acquiesce, surrender, My head's not fitting here, Lord, but my heart. Okay. I don't understand this. Wow. It come a rain. I got stuck in the front of the church. I got a urgent phone call. I said, get it all out, get it loaded, stand it up on its edge so it none of the rain gets on it. It had plastic, but and count it. After it was all said and done. We put it all up, had two boxes left over. I'm telling you, our God's more than enough. He's got more than enough. He's got sufficient healing for you. He's got sufficient miracle-working power for you. It's not diminishing. If anything, it's expanding. I'm hurrying. Sometimes I think these pauses are just so someone who's in the house may be thinking, oh, that's just a bunch of hype, and that's just a bunch of emotion. Yeah, buddy, you better believe we get hyped and we get emotional. But I'm going to tell you the power of God. I'm talking about transcends human feelings, human thoughts. Ah! I'm talking about the power that spoke this world into existence. He's bigger than you think he is. He's better than you think he is. On the premises, I'm, 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 I'm about through. I'm about through. He's omnipresent, and he's very selective where he manifests his presence. He's everywhere present. There's nowhere you can go, even he could go, that he's not already there. Colossians one tells us he by him. All things consist. He's in every molecule, every atom, every electron, proton, neutron. <laughs> He's in all of creation. But don't stop there. Another measure of his presence is that salvation. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy And you're not your own. You've been bought with a price. So he's present. He manifests himself not only in creation, but in salvation. And then as you have so aptly portrayed here today, he inhabiteth the praises That word inhabit literally means to sit down and do business. He inhabiteth the praises of Israel. But there's another measure of the pride. I've never preached this till here. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together in my name. He said I'll be in the mist. I guess longitude, latitude, it'd be somewhere about here. Is he is he here? Oh yes, he's here. But when he said in the mist or in the middle, he was talking right here. He was talking right there. He was talking over there. He was talking back here, back over there, the middle of your world, the middle of your circumstance, the middle of whatever has been trying to impress you. Hmm. He's right in the middle. And all he needs is two or three. He'd like to have three. But he'll settle for two. And he said, I'll be in the middle. I'll be right there. Stand with me. Now, in his name, let's be sensitive right here. In his name, does it mean just using Jesus as a little Cute cliche to end a prayer. But when it's in Jesus' name, when it's in the name of Jesus, our gathering, it's heaven church, just like he had church when he was on the planet as a man. Let me say it again. When we gather in his name, that's heaven church just like he had church when he was on the planet. Well, what's the difference between this Jesus and the Holy Ghost? i am asked that every once in a while. Let me tell you what I say. The Holy Ghost is Jesus without limits. That's why in the next little bit, you may be healed. You may be filled with the Holy Ghost. You may repent of your sins somewhere up here in the front. But you might be healed back there where you are right now. You you may be granted the gift of repentance. On your way, the miracle is in the going. <laughs> I was at a service one time. I was pastoring in Texas. Camp meeting was on. Gordon Mallory didn't even preach on healing that night. But oh, he was in the Holy Ghost. And I had had horrible pain in the small of my back. I don't, well, I won't go into the details. I was too stubborn to go to the doctor. Probably should have, but I didn't, and I was learning to live with it. I'm telling you, God will address those issues in your life that you have just accepted and learned to live with. I'm telling you, there is miracle-working power. To change what you've been told is a new normal. I'm going to tell you who can introduce you to the real new normal, honey. We were late. It was about six-hour drive, Sat on the back pew, Texas camp there in Lefkin. And as soon as I sat down, the Holy Ghost whispered to me and said, how long are you going to put up with this? I didn't even know what he was talking about. I said, put up with what, Lord? He said, the pain. It's in the small of your back. I knew he was up to something. Hallelujah. Can I tell somebody, I haven't been quite around the block yet, but I'm working on it. God's working on some things in this room this morning. Don't you leave without your miracle? <laughs> you hey, I don't know if I want to show myself to the priest or not, honey. Just just go to Stepping. You may not have to make it there. You may not even get to where. Stop connecting the dots. Let him connect them, because he's. You talk about a picture. He spoke to me. He said, You find it was a little home missionary. I doubt. One voice said he couldn't even afford to come to this camp meeting. He's so poor. And I'm I'm not being uh shameful here. I respect him. He knows that. I love him. He he raised ducks for a living. <laughs> D-U-C-K-S. Yes, God is my witness. He said, you get him to pray for you, and I will heal you. So, man, I am all eyes. I'm looking. It must have been four or 500 preachers. And I'm looking, and I can't see him, man. And it was a consecration type story. It wasn't even on healing and faith. And, and so this voice is saying, you, you, you're hearing voices. Yeah, I'm hearing voices, devil. And you, I'm hearing yours right now, and I'm telling you to hit the road, Jack. Hey. Don't, don't listen to the lie. The lie that that tells you it's always going to be the way it is. Hey, I've never been here before and may never come back, but I'm going to tell Cornerstone, he's bigger than you think he is, and you've been asking for big things. The reality is, when you ask for big things... There's gonna be big change. Not the message. Not the lifestyle. We were all kneeling and for some time consecrating before the Lord. About that time the minister in charge said, Let's all stand. I remained there in this this war of doubt and faith was underway, and I looked up and about fifty feet away, the Texas camp meeting has a high platform, and he was he was leaned over like Charles McCall just praying like this right beside the pulpit. I walked over to him. We had not talked in years, so Brother McCall, yeah, would you pray for me now normally, a man of God praying for another would maybe put his hand on his head. The way I normally do it is on his shoulder. Brother McCall reaches around, puts his hand swallow my back and the pain that's been that's been thirty plus years ago. I may die from something right now but it won't be from that. What is he telling you to do? What is he instructing you? I know some of you you're going to make your way up here. Some of you on your way it's going to happen <laughs> hey this this is a declaration i don't i don't preach this everywhere I go in fact, some of this stuff i've never preached i'm going to tell you he's here to demonstrate what is declared he's here to back his word up folks as they went hmm hmm. Mm. Let's pray right now. Holy Ghost, direct us in the next little while for people who need the Holy Ghost, people who need repentance, people who need healing, people who need miracles, people who need direction, people who need, uh, uh, they need to become impressed with your power. these altars are opened the aisles are opened whatever and however it's not if it's how I'll do what you want me to do I'll say what you want me to say. You just show me. Uh, It may not make sense to my mind. I may not be able to connect the intellectual dots. But I will obey you in word and in deed. Uh, Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you don't know what to do, worship is always in order. When you don't know what to do or say, thanks is always in order. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe you don't need healing. Maybe you need wholeness. Maybe you need something complete. To be completed. (laughs) Woo. Woo. Honey, he wants to write the last chapter. Go ahead. Yeah, this is the last paragraph. Yeah, let him write it. Let him write it. Let him write it. Hallelujah. My God, I'm supposed to tell somebody. The author and the finisher is on the, the premises. I'm here to tell somebody. He's ready to write the last line, the the last paragraph, the last chapter. Wholeness. Be thou made whole. Be thou made complete. That's it. Obey the Lord. (laughs) There's an exchange going on here.